When we think of angels, we think of benevolent celestial beings maneuvering through the world in our lives, guiding us and protecting us. But where did this idea come from? And do angels only exist within the boundaries of religion, or do they also play a role in other phenomena as well? Hi, I'm Sandra and welcome to Chasing Gods. In this video, we're going to explore the concept of angels. We'll do this by studying their origins and history, by analyzing the role of angels in religious ideologies, and by studying artistic depictions of angels from different cultures and time periods. By the end of this video, you may start to see how the concept of angels has parallels to concepts in nature and science. The word angel derives from Greek angelos, which means messenger. Angelos is also found in the first Christian Bible and is a direct translation from the Hebrew Bible's malach, which also means messenger. See, our present-day mainstream understanding and representations of angels are largely based on Judeo-Christian beliefs. I am a messenger. Let's see how angels are described and understood in these Abrahamic faiths, which also include Islam. Angels deliver messages. A story in the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Bible, tells how three men were sent by God to deliver a message to Abraham. The message was that his thought-to-be barren wife, Sarah, will have a child. Angels are not just messengers. They do virtually everything. They even control the movements of the planets and stars. They are the hands of God, His manifestation. They were created by God and travel between heaven and earth to carry out His work. According to the book of Daniel and Revelation, there are thousands and thousands of angels. Theologians say that thousands does not do justice and that they are an astronomical amount. There is a hierarchy of angels. Although there is a discrepancy in the numbers in the Hebrew text. At times there are seven levels, at others there are ten. So many Christian theologians would try to devise an official hierarchy. But the most influential one came from Dionysus. The hierarchy consists of nine levels, which are grouped into three spheres. The top sphere of three levels include the cherubim, which are mysterious four-faced winged creatures that would eventually be replaced by winged babies. The middle tier include the virtues and powers. According to this classification, they handle miracles and overthrow evil, respectively. The bottom tier includes the angels and archangels. The Book of Tobit talks about the archangels and that there are seven of them, each having a certain role. For example, Raphael is the garden angel sent out to protect people in their struggles, like Tobias who needed to find a cure for his father. Archangel Michael is the military chief of angels as well as the protector of the Israelites. Gabriel is a messenger angel and he's the one who gave Mary the news of her baby Jesus. Angels are associated to light and fire. In the book of Daniel, the angel is described as such. His face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches. In Exodus, an angel speaks to Moses from the burning bush. In Islam, the jinn or melek, which are the terms for angels, are also made of fire. Augustine of Hippo argues that when God said, let there be light, this was actually referring to angels. Angels are subject to falls. We're pretty familiar with the Abrahamic fallen angels. 
So Lucifer, Satan, or Iblis, was once a beautiful angel, but fell because of his pride. Theologians believe that fallen angels illustrates the corruptibility of the soul, from pure to impure. Because of his pride or ego, a major source of sin, Lucifer gets cast out of heaven. Christian theologians add that fallen angels are also capable of rising up. The Bible also talks about an end battle between the good and bad angels. To scholars such as Carl Jung, this is understood as the battle within the individual soul between his good conscience and bad conscience. This internal struggle is often imagined today as a caricature angel and demon sitting on each of our shoulders, convincing us to follow their lead as we make a decision. This idea may have taken root in the Quran, which states that each man has angels on their shoulders tallying up their deeds. So we just saw a variety of angels from biblical art whose depiction have remained more or less the same, a human figure with a classical robe, wings, and a halo. However, this way of portraying the angel only started since the 4th century. Before that, the angel was represented as just a plain human being. The adding of the halo and wings most likely came from pagan influence. We'll soon see how, but first, let's go back in time and discover the three religions that may have contributed to the shaping of the concept of today's angels. Quick intermission! I just want to take this moment to thank my Patreon supporters. You guys have been with me from the get-go and I really, really appreciate it. And a special thank you to a new gold member on Patreon, Masa. Thank you for your generosity. Now, let's move on. Around the same area where the Hebrew Bible was written, there was an Indo-Persian religion called Zoroastrianism, which existed as far back as the 2nd millennium BC. The Zoroastrian faith also talks about deities that are similar to biblical angels. They're called Ameshaspentas. And they too act as a manifestation of the one creator named Ahura Mazda. They are his first emanations, and it's through them that all subsequent creation is accomplished. And check this out, there are seven of them, the same number as archangels. And they're referred to as divine sparks, similar to fire and light. But wait, Zoroastrianism also talks about guardian spirits called Fravashi, that are sent out by hundreds and thousands into the material world to take part in the battle of good and evil. These guardian spirits, however, are more understood to be the individual's personal spirit or soul. Hinduism is an even older religion and may have influenced Zoroastrianism. It's considered to be polytheistic because it has many gods called devas, like Shiva, Brahma, Ganesha, etc. Devas are also associated to light. They're known as the shining ones. They're also categorized in a hierarchy, and they too represent the forces of nature and of human affairs. Devas have their opposite equivalents called asuras. Hindus believe that these two forces, devas and asuras, reside in the human soul and struggle in an eternal fight. Now this is all too familiar. And like the biblical angels, devas can also fall, becoming asuras, or rise. Only difference is, in the Hindu belief, we all start as asuras, as impure, and over the course of our lifetime, we can either transform into devas or remain asuras. Ancient Greek polytheism is very similar to Hinduism, probably because they may have the same Indo-European roots. 
Greek gods are also hierarchized, and they embody the wide spectrum of natural phenomena, universal concepts, and human nature. For example, the winds were personified by the animos. The concept of time was embodied by the god Kronos. That's where we get the word chronometer from. Death by the god Thanatos. The emotions of vengeance by the Erinius. Um, do you notice anything? Their wings! Angels. And do you see where I'm getting at? Angel wing origins. Hmm? Hmm? Not all Greek deities are portrayed with wings. For those who are, the wings accentuate the notion of movement. But there is no hard rule. Movement can also be portrayed differently. For example, the traveling sun is represented by the god Helios being carried across the sky by a chariot and horses. Sometimes the horses have wings. To further accentuate the solar features of Helios, a crown of sun rays typically illuminates his head. This crown is the prototype of the angel's halo. The sun is associated with divinity. That's why artists add halos to figures such as Jesus, Mary, angels, and saints. It is true that wings and sun crowns can also be found in other mythologies, not only in ancient Greeks, like the wings on the Mesopotamian gods or the halo on the Buddha. However, Christianity grew in the middle of the Roman Empire when sculptures and paintings of Greco-Roman deities were common. It's therefore very likely that Christian angels, a traveling, bright, divine being who manifests worldly and human phenomena, are portrayed in the likes of Greco-Roman gods. The ancients did not have modern-day science to explain their observation of the world. Instead, they understood that everything from the movement of the planets to the gusts of the wind, waves of the seas, striking of lightning, are carried out by unknown invisible forces, or gods, with powers much greater than their own. They understood that they were at the mercy of these forces, influenced and affected by them. Our modern understanding of the forces of nature are described by the flux and flow of energy. What today's physicists view as energy, the ancients imagined as gods. To the ancients, human emotions were also included in the forces outside their control. For example, it's the emotion of anger that causes a person to act a certain way. In fact, any concept that wasn't palpable or couldn't be explained were deified, like darkness, justice, or time. Virtually everything other than human flesh was imagined as a god. As religions evolved from polytheism to monotheism, the myriad of gods was forced to disappear, except for in Hinduism. But the unexplainable acting force of energy that the gods represented still needed to be explained, and it looks like angels have replaced these gods. It's interesting to think that for any concept to exist in our mind, for example, the concept of justice, there must be a firing of neurons that send signals through the billions of connections that make up our brain to produce that thought. Emotions are the same. The brain responds to our environment and influences us through the release of neurotransmitters and hormones to fight or flight. These responses run on biological energy. So I guess the ancients didn't get it completely wrong when they described angels as an ancient representation of energy, acting as the force of God's will within the phenomena of the physical world of humans and their emotions, hovering through the space both around us and inside us. 
At the beginning of our video, we were familiar with the idea of angels as spirits that travel and affect the world and our lives. We understood that religions associate them to light and that the word angel really means message. Now, after concluding that angels can be linked to energy, I can't help but to think of this. Like the angel, energy is best symbolized as light, heat, or fire. And like a message, energy has an origin, travels from one point to another, and gets transformed. It's pretty interesting to me that a religious concept of angels did a pretty good job at describing energy, something scientific. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed this video. Make sure you write your comments. I read every single one of them. Thank you to my Patreon supporters. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A special thank you to all of you guys who are watching and sharing on your social media and email, whatever. Just share it. Thank you.